every spring never ceases to amaze me how out of such death and dryness life starts flourishing forth. Incredible greens and colors and flowers and, and it's like you don't realize how accustomed to brown you became until green starts coming back. And I feel that in the spirit tonight. God, if we've grown accustomed to brown over too many years, he's wanting us to know that green is coming back. That spring is here and new life is beginning. Thank you, Jesus. I was sitting there and I hadn't thought of it in a while, but I thought of the scripture where in Job 14, he says, there is hope of a tree if it be cut down, that at the sin of water, it will send forth boughs like a plant. Though its root grow old in the ground, it will not die. At the smell of water, it will bud and come to life again. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I've heard that scripture my whole life, but it's more true for us right here, right now than it's ever been in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. You see, pride cuts us down and fear cuts us down. And sometimes people cut us down and always sin cuts us down. Amen. But God puts something inside of us that was tuned to sing his praise, that was made to hear his voice. There's something inside of us. And when we come into proximity to his presence, though that life is dormant, though that life is gone and it looks like there's nothing but this shriveled stick poking in the ground, there's been a tree right out in front of our yard that somebody gave us and it just looked like a stick. Like somebody came along and poked a stick in the earth. And that's how we are. But when the right environment of God's presence and God's word and God's faith and God's hope comes, suddenly from deep down, life starts flowing through that stick and turns it into a plant. Amen. And that plant becomes a place where life grows, where fruit is produced fruit that gives nourishment to others thank you Jesus hallelujah I feel God's presence here today amen I feel God's hope hovering over us tonight amen Lord we want to hear your voice we want to feel your presence how you want us to feel it thank you Jesus God hallelujah hallelujah and of course, we're speaking individually because pride and fear and people and sin can cut us down individually. And the coldness of selfishness can make a living tree turn into a stick. But we're also speaking beyond just individuals of the hope that we feel in the air at this time for God's people everywhere. Amen? All my life, I was surrounded by people with fruit on their tree. But you didn't have to look very far to see the forests that were in dormancy. 
And yet, all my life, I was, I read books about Christians that we could look up to. We read books about Christians in China, Christians in the Soviet Union, Christians in various places who walked in a measure of light that we could look up to. Maybe we didn't read books about them, but we heard about this group over here or that group over there. And in this place, God is moving by the power of His Spirit. People are being healed, and we would be encouraged by their faith. And in this place, God is giving some morsel of revelation, and we would be encouraged by that. And look at over here in the persecuted church. They're pressing through, they're persevering, and God is honoring it. We would be encouraged by that. But over time, it seems like so many, if not all, of those groups have fragmented. And sadly, to visit many of those groups in the flesh would be a disappointment, if indeed they're even still around. And you feel like in Christianity, we've got a, a whole lot of uh, memorials. We've even got some shrines. We've even got some temples built memorializing moments from the past. But there's not a whole lot of life right now. Not a whole lot to take courage in take hope in. Thank you, Jesus. And that's exactly the environment that Jesus stepped into. How does it say in Isaiah, at evening time, there will be light. Amen. Those who live under the shadow of the valley of death, the shadow of death, for them a light is going to dawn. And the darkness is important because it cultivates in us an expectancy and an excitement for the light when it first starts to dawn in our hearts. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God takes no pleasure in the failures of us as individuals. And he takes no joy in the overall dysfunction and collapse of the church as anything more than a pretense everywhere in the world, or especially here in the Western Hemisphere. God takes no pleasure in that. That's not what I'm saying. But God will get more glory when he walks into a graveyard and raises up an army than if he had walked into the barracks of some well-ordered regiment. Amen? The work that is going to happen at this time is a work of not just restoration, but resurrection. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And he tells us in Romans 9, 10, 11, he tells us that the fruitless branches that were cut off the branches that were symbolically severed when Jesus was heading toward the temple, 
And he came to a fruit tree, a fig tree, expecting to find fruit. And finding none, he cursed it. Those branches were cut off. A certain kind of religion, a certain kind of religiosity was cut off. And he said, no more will anyone eat fruit from you again. Why? Because they hadn't borne the fruits of repentance which John the Baptist had instructed they bear when they came out to be baptized. And what was that most basic fruit of repentance? To recognize God's voice, to recognize and submit to God's authority even when it didn't come in the manner of your choosing. Jesus knew they didn't have those fruits when they challenged his authority to cleanse their temple. Do you remember? And he asked them about that moment and they wouldn't answer, they wouldn't be honest. And so by the next morning, that tree was completely withered. And Jesus says, when they marvel, he says, have faith in God. You'll be able to do this and more. I'm paraphrasing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But Paul in Romans 9, 10, 11 says that those branches, that, that they're breaking off gave opportunity for the Gentiles. We can see it in the ministry of Paul. Remember when he was at Antioch and he was ministering to the Jews every Sabbath, disputing with them about Jesus. And finally he said, I've had enough. I'm going to the Gentiles. We can see a breaking off and an opportunity. But Paul in Romans says, if their breaking off was mercy for the Gentiles, their grafting back in will be life from the dead. Amen. So many people are enamored today with so-called Hebraic roots. They have reduced their Christianity down so much that it's see-through. It's paper thin, a cobweb that sticks to their faces, but that's about it. And out of an effort to revitalize and find some relevance in their faith, they are going back and trying to tap into Hebraic roots. Many of them in doing so are making terrible confusions regarding the law, trying to return to customs and ceremonies and all of these things which Jesus said or Paul said were a shadow of the things which were to come but the substance is of Christ in Colossians. Amen. And there's something in us that says why are they getting so excited about shadows? You'll hear about Christians in mass restoring the practice of, of traditional Sabbath keeping and practicing the holidays, the, the holy days of the Jewish feasts. And, and you're like, what is going on? Why are we returning to the shadows? And you say to yourself, well, look at in Jesus' ministry. He, was, he had more contention over the Sabbath than over any other single topic. Then you fast forward to Paul's ministry and he had more contention over circumcision than any other single topic. And here we are returning to those things. Yeah. But maybe if they're looking for a shadow, they're starting to get ready to see the Lord again. Maybe they're, if they're enamored with a silhouette 
A hunger is being birthed in their hearts to turn around and see the one who's casting the shadow as a living three-dimensional body of Christ that they can actually relate to, where they're not having to infuse their paper-thin Christianity with artificial man-made religion. Amen. But their hearts are being stirred. And if they're looking for the shadows, we should be excited because soon they'll be looking for the real Jesus. Amen. The real body of Christ, the real voice of God, the anointing, the substance, the soma, which belongs to Christ, which is Christ. Hallelujah. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And it's important. And for years, we have bewailed the condition of the church. And many have. We have bewailed the shallowness of their professions of faith. We have bewailed the dysfunction plaguing their relationships. We have bewailed their lack of unity and their divisiveness. We have bewailed their assimilation in the world. Amen. Now all of those things have run their course. And there is a vast valley of dry bones. And some still walk among the tombstones and sit down at the memorials and try to conjure up some nostalgia of the body that is dead. Amen. But others stand at a distance and say, you alone, O Lord, know. Would you time it right? Would you give us the word? Would you give us the faith? Would you accompany your word with signs and wonders? Would you move by the power of your spirit to do what only you can do? Give life to corpses? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so, this is the most exciting time that we've ever, that the world, that the world has ever seen. It's life from the dead. Amen. And God has sent us many Jewish people, many Israelis, as a sign of the flood that is coming, amen, and as a sign of the valley of dry bones that is rising up. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And he's given us something else. He is sending people who in their personal lives started out with God and ended up in the gutter or ended up as a dry stump whose root grew old in the ground, amen. And he's sending these people for their own personal redemption and salvation, but he's sending them as signs and wonders in Israel to indicate what he is about to do on a global scale, not with a person only, but with peoples, multitudes innumerable. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah said, here am I and the children Yahweh has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel. You think about everybody Jesus chose to be part of his apostle group. Look at the people he picked. Amen. Zealots who carried daggers up their sleeves and were known for assassinating people. Amen. Tax collectors sellouts to Rome who were the very people the zealots would have been attacking. 
fishermen, foul-mouthed, crude, hard-life people, unlearned. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And yes, even a Pharisee among Pharisee, among Pharisees, even one trained in the school of Gamaliel, amen, even one who said he was blameless in accordance with the law, but considered himself worst among all sinners. Amen. Who did God choose? He chose the stumps. <laughs> amen. He chose those things that were just sticking in the ground like sticks with no leaves or fruit or hope. Nobody paid any attention to. He picked them and said, I'm going to make a forest out of you. <laughs> amen. I'm going to bring forth life. I'm going to bring forth fruit out of you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So though their root grow old in the ground, amen. Though they be cut down almost flush, don't give up. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is bringing life out of death. Amen. He is bringing hope out of despair. He is bringing resurrection to the graveyard. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In, in John 5, I think it's verse 25, Jesus, just before that, he tells the Pharisees, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have life. But they are those that speak of me, but you will not come to me. There's that three-dimensional reality that they were avoiding while remaining enamored with the shadows. Amen. In the next chapter, he speaks to them words that confuse and befuddle and even upset them. And he says to them, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But back to chapter 5, John 5, so that was 6. Back to 5, he says in verse 25, I believe it is, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear it will live. Now we know he's talking about the end time resurrection, but that's not all he's talking about, because he said the hour is coming, and now is. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Amen. Even a corpse has an ear for the voice of God. He put it inside of the tree to respond to the elements of spring, and he put it inside of a man to respond to the voice of God. Even if you're dead, even if you're full of despair, years, decades of hopelessness, Nobody gives you any credit. If you'll listen to God, His Word will flow into your heart. Amen. And out of that death will come life. Thank you, Jesus. That's why Sister Annie Stein is bringing a word of faith here at the beginning of the meeting. Amen. How many years, Annie, were you away from God? 21 years. Amen. And I know she would tell you that there were times when she felt there was no hope. I'm sure there were times when even those who have seen God's work, His love, His miraculous power, I'm sure some of us would have seen her at times and said, oh, well, too bad. Amen. 
Amen. But it just wasn't spring yet. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It was a long February. Amen. But March has come. Amen. Hallelujah. Send the spring, Lord. Hallelujah. Send hope, God. Send promise, Lord. Speak life, Jesus. And you know, not all the trees blossom at the same time. Some are stubborn. It's like you'd expect that when spring starts, they'd all just wake up and be all happy and green and full of life. But those pecan trees, they're like, I don't think so. I still think that it might get cold Thursday night. I don't think so. Amen. And the grass is like, yeah, come on, let's do this. And no, the mesquite says, not me, count me out. But that environment of hope, if it persists long enough, something happens where the tree knows the winter is past and life is here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The long winter of isolation, the long winter of selfishness, the death of sin, decay, and hopelessness. It's over. Amen. We're moving into a new season. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And it, it may not happen all at once, but God has sent us some plants. Amen. Here and there and everywhere who are telling us what's coming. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In Israel, they had certain key plants that would indicate the, the approaching spring. So he speaks of those plants as the first to bloom, to blossom. Hallelujah. Oh, did you hear 15 have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the chalice group? What's going on? 15 people in one week? The Lord is showing us whole clumps of trees are coming to life. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not just here in the greenhouse, folks. The winds of change are blowing wild and free. Amen. The sun of righteousness is rising with healing in his wings. Amen. Amen. And there's a whisper of resurrection going forth on, on the valley of dry bones. Amen. God make us a part of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, we can say, oh God, we should have never got there. And that's right. Levi should have never been in the tax collector's booth, Matthew. Simon should have never been a zealot. That sinning woman should have never been in that sin. Zacchaeus should have never been a tax collector. Yeah, we can say all that, but we, it's more powerful when God brings resurrection out of death. Amen. He can still get the glory, and it will be a compounded glory. It will be a good measure pressed down, shaken together glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
when Sister Annie speaks to us, her words have more power. And I know she would spare any of us what she went through. And that's part of what she's going to do in the love service that she gives to the body. Just like Brother Simeon does that for us. Amen. But that's, that's part of God's glory. That's part of how he redeems even the things we fed to the canker worm for years. Amen. The locust isn't going to have its way, and neither is February and January. March is here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. This isn't what I plan to share. These aren't the notes. See, I haven't even opened them. And I know you're relieved, but I came with something, but that's not what it's about tonight. It's about hope. It's about God saying there's hope for the tree that's been cut down. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Jesus, God. Amen. If you'll give your life to God and if you'll completely uproot self and dethrone self from the center of your life and if you'll live for Jesus and crucify that narcissism that wants to reposition self at the center and it will be a battle if you'll do it. If you'll do it. Amen. Everything you thought was loss will be gain, and everything you thought was gain will be loss. Amen. But it'll all be an exchange for the excellency of knowing Christ Jesus and being found in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God will give you a purpose. He will give you a power. Amen. He will make you useful for his kingdom. You will shine bright for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's not over. Amen. It's just beginning. Amen. Oh, something's over. Something's over. Death is over. Selfishness is over. The reign of sin is over. Winter is over. But life and spring has just begun. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Amen. And the devil will try to define you by those, those failures. You can't undo them. You can't wish them out of existence. They are what they are. But you can decide who they will glorify. Amen? You can decide whose story they will be part of the story proving God's faithfulness or some other tragedy. Amen. You can sit here tonight and say, I wish I was in a different place. I don't mean in this room, but I mean them where you are in your walk with God. Or you can get out of that place and start following Jesus and leave the past behind you. Amen. And right now you say, but I, I wasted so many years. It's so common we sit with people 
who are giving their life to God and with tears they say, I just wish I had known about this 10 years ago. Amen. But Paul said that God chose him and showed him mercy and patience to demonstrate the extent of his patience toward those who would believe. God pulled you out now at this time to show others who are hopeless the extent of his patience, the kind that he showed to you. Amen. So don't, don't be tied to that. Don't be defined by that. Don't ever forget it and don't ever return to it. Amen. But you say, Lord, you can use this also. Not if I stay here. Not if I remain. Not if I hide behind this and make this my excuse. But if I climb over this mountain, then maybe I'm an overcomer. And if I get on the other side of this mountain and, find, and finally do your will, then maybe I can help someone else as I show them what I've been through myself on my way back to you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He'll, he'll redeem it. He'll redeem it. Do you believe that? How many of you remember when Paul was en route to testify in the courts of Caesar Nero? <laughs> Amen. And the centurion, I believe it was, that was with him is informed that the captain of the ship or somehow between the captain and the centurion, they decide that they're going to set sail. Was that God's will? Somebody, was that God's will? <laughs> Categorically, no. It was not God's will. But in the stubbornness and hubris of human knowledge, they determined to disobey Paul. The Lord had spoken to Paul through a dream and said, don't do this, you will meet with certain disaster. They're not supposed to take the trip, period. <laughs> and they take the trip. Isn't that right? And so God says, okay, forget you. I'll save Paul, but the rest of you are going to die and go to hell. Is that what the Lord said? Nope. They got out there. A terrible gale came up. An Iraq Ladon started beating the ship drove it against a reef. Amen. Just before things got to their worst, you remember the sailors had tried to slip away in the lifeboats, but Paul now, his word is, has some weight and authority, so he tells the centurion, cut all the boats, eliminate every option but obedience. We've already tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> Let's do this God's way now. So cut off all the options. Okay, now we have to rely on the Lord. And the Lord says through Paul, if you remain with the ship, no life will be lost. If you remain with the ship. Now I want to ask you, what of that ship got back to the shore? A plank here, a beam there, a piece of mast, Nothing but pieces. <laughs> you believe the Lord was testing their commitment to obey him this time? Remain with the ship. But God, all I've got is a plank. Well, then hold on to it. And he's going to bring you to shore. Amen. You see, even our disobedience can be hijacked by God. 
when he steps ashore aboard our vessel of rebellion and says, are you ready to do it my way? And we can say, there's no your way left, God. But there is. Amen. And we can say, no, Lord, I'm positive this thing is going to end in total defeat. This ship is going to be shattered. We better just each man save himself. No, but there's still God's way, even in the wreckage, even in the mess that we made unnecessarily. God can still hijack that and bring that to victory. Amen. And it's not going to be the way you think, not even the way you think when you hear him say it. But if you'll obey him with tenacious commitment, you're going to make it. Amen. He's going to give you a second chance. Hallelujah. And if you're lucky, the vessel of your disobedience will never be an option again. <laughs> Do you get that? That ship that they decided to use to, to disobey God, <laughs> it didn't really survive, did it? That's the good news. Amen. You want to come back to God with no vessel left for disobedience, with no no vehicle left for fleeing his presence, for doing it your way. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We're serving notice on winter today that spring has come. Amen. And that those who hear his voice are going to live. Thank you, Jesus. How many hear a voice of hope tonight? How many hear a voice of life tonight? How many know? like no matter how dry it is God's got a purpose and he's got a purpose Amen Thank you Jesus Hallelujah
kind of surprised me. I said, well, the Lord didn't want me to wait until after Dave was done singing because he's saying, Lazarus, amen, come out of there. Amen. Your friend is here. Amen. The one who loves you, he's here. So come on out. Amen. So amen. When you hear his voice, get out of your grave clothes. Get off of that little bench of stone and get up and walk on out. Yeah. 